morning show, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Leafs, Sabres tonight, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Austin Matthews, he's uh, done pretty well putting the biscuit in the old basket, in the, in the old onion bag. Mm. Uh, he, he scored nine goals in his last five games. <laughs> is that is that good? Do we like that? It's pretty good. Last time, so this is the, the second time this season, it's uh, been Leafs and Sabres. Mm-hmm. The previous encounter between these two teams uh, was back on November the 4th at Scotiabank Arena. You're not going to believe this. Austin Matthews had a hat trick in that game, one of his myriad of hat tricks this season uh, in a 6-4 Leafs loss. It's So we, we talked earlier on, mm-hmm. 7 o'clock, about how this is one of the most anticipated yeah, regular seasons yep. yeah, since the North Division where we couldn't leave our houses. Boy, how exciting was it to watch that team beat everybody 2-0? Yeah. No, it was, it was that or looking at your families, which yeah, like no, I love in no, moderation. No, Okay, so it's like this team is exhilarating in that they score a bunch of goals and they win a bunch of games or at least pick up a lot of points, and they play in very close games, like so many one-goal games. So you know you're in for something from an entertaining standpoint. But to me, the overriding reason why this is such an exciting season, and Mm -hmm. I go back to that year, the 115-point season from a couple years ago, is because, like, every single day you're like, is he going to do it again? Mm -hmm. Is he Well, like, what is the pace going to be at the conclusion of this game? And Austin Matthews is, again, going to face a team that he already put a three-spot on earlier this season who just gave up nine to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. And they're going to try and lock it down. Bless their hearts. Can Good I, luck to you, but yeah, it could, could be uh, yet another multi-goal game for Austin Matthews. You know, we've all been paying attention to the Leafs, so this this shouldn't shock anyone out there, but I have to read his game log for the month of December. Two goals. No no goals. Leafs won, though, so mm. took care of business. Two goals, one goal, two goals, two goals, two goals, two goals. He scored two in three straight games, he has had five multi-goal games this month. Mm-hmm. It is insane what we are witnessing from him right now. This is the beauty of streaky goal scorers. You have to enjoy this when it happens because you're going to have the run of games that follows it eventually. He's going to go cold to a certain extent. Well, he did that right before they exactly. went to Sweden. This right? is it. Like there, there was one goal in how many games span there? In nine games. Yeah. He had one goal in exactly. nine games this season and is still on pace for 70 plus goals. And now he has had two goals in four of his last five games. It's just, it's incredible. It is honestly genuinely remarkable what we get to witness from him. And I think it's just another one of those things where you look at it and the regular seasons are so long. We can sometimes get bogged down in it. Don't ever watch that and not appreciate it every single night. Yeah, I think, listen, I do a pretty good job of that. You do. I, <laughs> I will say that it's it's taken, it's become the black hole of information where it's mm. like, you can have little side conversations and the goaltending is an interesting one yep. about this team. But like, remember how much airtime we filled with William Nylander conversations mm. about what an insane start that the the season he was having and how each and every incredible game that he was having was just only boosting his leverage in contract negotiations with Brad Tre Living. Mm-hmm. And he's still uh, on the same pace. Like, he's still having a great season. Yep. Mitch Marner, like, underratedly is, again, on pace for 30-plus goals and close to 100 points yet again. You know what? Maybe I'll just pose it to you this way. Sure. Is Mitch Marner having a good season? having a fine season by his standards. 
I don't think he has been transcendent. There have been a handful of games. They've needed the Marner Hattrick game that they got out of him. He was remarkable that night. There have been a handful of other games where he has put the cape on, but no, on a team to the level that he expects to perform, the 100-point guy Mm. that's never scored 100 points. I know he's come really close. It's not a 100-point player right now. If you just do the math and extrapolate it out over 82 games, it's not going to get there. I still think he has a run of exceptional play in him. But if you're grading on the curve of expectations for these guys, because Mitch Marner, if he is, you know, pretty much any other player in the NHL, you go, what are you talking about? That's a great season. But he's not pretty much any other player in the NHL. And he's not going to ask for pretty much any other player in the NHL money when he needs a contract extension this summer. Yeah, and if he was on pretty much any other team in the NHL, he'd be attracting more of the spotlight than the one where the guy's already scored 60 goals and won a Hart Trophy Mm -hmm. and is on pace for more than 70 and potentially yet another Hart Trophy. All right, time for... Our Insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Today's Insider, Luke Fox, Sportsnet's Leafs reporter. How's it going, Luke? It's going okay. Just waking up in uh, balmy Buffalo, getting oh. ready for a morning morning skate. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you stayed overnight in Buffalo, eh? You didn't just uh, make the, the, the early uh, drive into, into the Queen City? <laughs> the Queen City? Yeah. Uh, you didn't know no, it's the it, Queen City? No, I, I know it is the home of Griselda, one of my favorite rappers. But um, <laughs> not familiar. I, I, yeah, it's a okay. Goo Goo Dolls is uh, who I think of. <laughs> Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah. No, well, I live on the I live on the east side, and I got to oh. fight traffic, so oh, I, I drove. Horrible. I ended up dri- I ended up driving last night because I want to be here for uh, for both skates. Like the Sabers are are in a bit of a way right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I always kind of like to get the temperature of the the other team. Uh, they're skating nice and early, so yeah, that way I don't have to worry about the border or anything. And uh, and just uh, so we're clear, the temperature uh, I, like one oh five. I feel like that's on death's door because that's what it feels like in in Buffalo right now. We're going to talk about the Leafs, but Luke, this has not gone the way they would expect. I mean, it's a very similar conversation we've been having about the Ottawa Senators as well. Uh, Things going a little better in Buffalo, but man, I mean, if you just, if you were to close your eyes and tell any team in the NHL, Hey, you're going to get number one overall picks with big stud defensemen. And that's still not going to be enough. Oh, and you're going to have a six foot seven freak of nature center who had a, you know, 50 some odd goal season. Guess what? That's not going to be enough either. I can't believe the way that team has sputtered Luke. Yeah, and you, and you feel bad for the people here. Like for after sure. last game, you know they got they got shelled by the the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Boo Birds were out of of course. And it, there's a lot of frustration in this city. And afterwards, you know, Kalik Pozo was like, "It's been 12 years. I don't blame them." And and you know, it's it's like you can't turn on the fans because the, this is a hockey town, and the the lack of winning here. They have the longest drought in in the whole league. Um, I don't know if it's the longest or second longest in all of pro sports, but it, it's it's just sad. And uh, you think, I, I thought this was the year, you know, it, it seems like the Detroit Red Wings are the team in the Atlantic that has taken a bit of a step. Wow. I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be Buffalo just because they have that young core. Uh, they were only one point out of making the playoffs last year. And it felt like there was some momentum there. Um, and it just, it just hasn't happened. There's a combination of, Injuries, Tage Thompson in particular, uh, missed some time, and then just some real inconsistent play, and then they haven't got the goaltending. I think they, 
they bet on Devin Levi as a young guy to step in and, and be the man, and, and he's been wildly in, inconsistent, got sent down to the minors for a bit, but they just haven't got traction. And, uh, yeah, frustration's building, and understandably. Yeah, it's it's not just a one-issue problem for the Sabres because, yeah, I, I whenever a team is um, below expectations, I look at team save percentage, and the Sabres are bad. They're, they're fourth from the bottom in save percentage, but they're also, like, bottom seven in goals four per game. So it's just... Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a top-to-bottom problem. And, yeah, the, the Red Wings were that team in the Atlantic until they acquired Patrick Kane, and they, they can't win w- with him. So that's yeah. that uh, that's an issue. Uh, this Leafs team, though, in particular, Luke, like what's it been like to cover them? Because this the, the, early in the season, there was a lot of hand-wringing about the lack of regulation wins, and that seems to have subsided. Um, they, they lost in regulation to a Rangers team, which is now the betting favorite, according to Sports Interaction, to win the Stanley Cup. And Leafs went into MSG and 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 bossed them around on the back end of back-to-backs. And you, once again, you have a historic season potentially um, at the, the doorstep for, for Austin Matthews. As far as a narrative perspective, has this been an interesting team to cover through the first 30 games of the season? Yeah, it, it's getting less interesting, Ben. Honestly, it's because it, <laughs> you know I like I like controversy. I like when there's there's some drama, and and there was early on, right? None of the new guys were fitting in. It was like mm-hmm. John John Klingberg was a disaster, and the fans were on Ryan Reeves, and it was like, okay, well, what about Bertuzzi and Domi? They're not quite fitting. They haven't quite found their stride, uh, and you know uh, there was quite a bit of you know, concern over is this team like, like, are they going to be fighting for a playoff spot? Like, are they actually kind of bad? Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, they, they've kind of sorted things out and, and just been on cruise control, gathering points. Yeah, it hasn't always been pretty, but uh, until that regulation loss to the Rangers, they had gotten at least one point in 14 of 15. They had a, a, a run of nine games where they got at least a point. And it's kind of like, oh, here the Leafs go again. Oh, yeah, right. They're an excellent regular season team that has no trouble making the playoffs. Uh, you know, all their big five guys have been healthy and performing. You know, like, yeah, Mitch Marner's had his dips, but he's still getting his points. Uh, William Nylander has a point in every single game except for three. He's been quite consistent in terms of his production. John Tavares was like a story for a week because he's a thousand point guy and having great moments. And then Austin Matthews is on pace for over 70 goals. So, and, and Morgan Riley's been phenomenal. So it's like the guys they bet on, at least they're all performing and they've kind of done enough that the role players have, have now started to sort themselves out. I've really liked Pertuzzi's game of late. Mm-hmm. I think Domi's improved too. So things are kind of clicking into place. So if you're covering the team, that's not as much fun because no. you, 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 you like to look for problems or, or controversies. Um, but you know, this, this is a solid team and I'd put them in the top five in, in the East in terms of, you know, having it together that, yeah, there's some wrinkles for sure. There's, uh, goaltending, uh, issues right now, but, uh, overall they, they've weathered a uh, injury storm on the blue line quite well. And, mm-hmm. and all the big guys are, are performing. Well, you know, I'd like to think we're gracious hosts here on the Fan Morning Show. And, you know, if you'd like to, you know, kick up controversy, you mentioned it there. May I direct your attention to the crease? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. A guy in Martin Jones is effectively this team's starting goaltender right now. And it's the year 2023. And not <laughs> only did he pass through waivers as a goalie, he passed through waivers as a Leaf 
Luke. I mean, what do you, th- I, I, I know the answer to this is everybody's just kind of collecting themselves, tap dancing until Joe Wall gets healthy, and then we move on and go from there. But how do you see this thing playing out? I mean, is it completely out of the question to think that when Joe Wall comes back, Martin Jones is his backup? No. No. It's not completely. It's not completely out of the question. Uh, Samsonov is, is under the gun here. He needs to figure this out. And you know, I, I on a personal level, I feel bad for the guy because he's a really you know fun, likable guy. Cracks a joke here and there. Uh, you're rooting for him. He's got a young family. I, I I can sense that he's under pressure. So this is his third straight contract year. You know, he's RFA, unqualified by the Capitals. He comes and has the season of his life for the Maple Leafs. Finally, you know, backstops this team for through its uh, first playoff victory in, in basically a generation. Then the team's like, yeah, we're, we're still not good. We don't really believe in you. We're, we're going to take you to arbitration. We're going we're gonna to give you the lowest term and the lowest money we can feasibly give you. And, and I, I don't know if that shook his confidence or uh, – you know they didn't ha- they were worried about his confidence which is why they did that to him in the first place but he hasn't gotten any traction here and he's had multiple opportunities to take the crease and run with it he was the opening night starter uh, he got passed by Joe Wall then then Wall goes down and it's like okay you're our guy Samsonov like let let's go uh he gets the one shutout where the that the team played incredible defensively in front of him as if you know they were worried about him uh, and good on him, and you thought, okay, maybe this is the start of something, and then all of a sudden he's getting passed by the, the veteran who makes less than a million bucks, and, uh, you know, he's being sheltered a little bit from the media after a bad start, and they're worried about his mental state. So hopefully, you know, with two, you know, weaker opponents in Buffalo and then Columbus um on the on the weekend before Christmas, he gets one of those. I would like to think it's tonight. Mm. Uh, you know, I wouldn't throw him out there in front of a Columbus cannon when last time he hit the ice, he gave up six. <laughs> Honestly, the- I hadn't even thought of that. Oh, my God, Luke. Jeez. I hadn't even thought of the cannon blinched. for a second. Yeah. That is good job by you. You made us both genuinely chuckle with that one. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, so I, I would put him out tonight. Against the Sabres team that that's you know as we talked about isn't in a great way and hopefully he gets some traction here because yeah. you know he he needs to get a run and, and it can't be one game he needs to start building something or else when Joseph falls healthy which isn't going to be for a while mm-hmm. like it, I, I bet it, I bet it's at least another month but but then the Leafs will have a decision to make which goalie do we put on waivers Martin Jones less than a million bucks or Samsonov mm-hmm. and. You know, this is a this is a good team. This is a team that has a chance to take a run at Boston and win the division. I think they're going to make a hockey decision. So the pressure's on him now. Yeah, hundred percent. No, and and with nothing locked up long term with him, I th- it's it had it has nothing to do with anything other than the way those two guys are playing. And I I'm I'm hesitant to just hand it all to Martin Jones because mm-hmm. okay, like oh he allowed four goals and all three were fluky. But yeah, look at his game log from a season ago with the Kraken. And the save percentage, like, it's probably not a Martin Jones, Vesna type season we're looking at here. But so far, so good. And, yeah, he's so super calm and collected. If, in fact, we're in an, a decision-making process where it is Samsonov is the third goalie of the three and we're headed towards the trade deadline at that point again, too, right? Like, 
three and a half million bucks that you could potentially free up to to go spend? Like, is that again? It has to be a hockey decision. If Samsonov looks like the guy from a season ago, obviously this is not a discussion you're having. But like, if it's a tie-breaking scenario, is that is that not play into it at all? That you could free up a little more spending room. Yeah, if they don't, if, you know, if they don't believe in him a month from now. Uh, if he hasn't shown you that that he's got it back on track, for sure. Now, what's his trade value, though? So, do, do you just it, like like we said, do you wait for Joseph Wall to get healthy and and maybe waive him, uh, a la Jack Campbell in in Edmonton, and, and you save a little bit on the cap because he's in the minors, or do you package him? He might be claimed with, though, right? Like with with the pro, oh, the prorated. Like if the, they ain't keeping him, I don't think somebody's no. picking that up at three, or whatever. Him. Yeah. It, Anti Ranta just cleared waivers um, for, from Carolina, and he, he makes less. He's not he's not getting claimed. You you got to package that with a, a, a sweetener. Um, so maybe maybe a team that's out of it, you know, takes on his bad money um, as part of a, a larger deal like that. That might yeah. be the, the route to go. Um, but I don't think unless he gets on a roll here, he, he would, he would clear waivers. I think it's a, there's, teams are capped out and he makes too much. Yeah. And the thing is, is that if the Leafs aren't going to put him on, like if they aren't going to put him on waivers, the reason like the only way he's getting claimed is if the Leafs don't want to put him on waivers right. because he's played so, so well, uh, I'm kind of torn on who I want to ask you about Nylander or, or Marner here. And you know what? We've had enough William Nylander conversations. Uh, I'm sure we'll have him again very, very soon. Mitch Marner. It's been a fine year for him. You look at the production, it's, you know, more than a point per game, but not quite the 100-point pace that you think of him as a player. I, I, I don't want to kill him. I don't think he deserves that by any means, but it hasn't been quite the special moments. They've been kind of few and far between for him. What have you What have you made of Marner's season, and, and uh, do you think there's any uh, cause for concern even feels too strong? But I don't know that it's been as strong as some of his seasons in the past. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't think this has been his, his greatest year. Uh, it's been there's been it's been inconsistent. There was a dip there, where he even admitted that he was in his head a little bit much, and pressing and trying to trying to you know I I, I it was almost like he Those was trying to make up in the brain. Uh, yeah, yeah, but like make up for two two bad games in one shift. Do you know what I mean? Like trying to do a little totally. too much or or. or feeling like okay this is mounting here but he's he's scored a few goals of late and and you know offensive guys and i know he's a two-way guy and he's excellent defensively kills penalties and all that but his calling card is is creating offense making great plays um and i think once you see the start the puck start going in the net i think uh that game uh, in particular where austin was sick and he linked up with, with Domi and Nyes, and that line had themselves a heck of a night. It was point night, and he looked phenomenal, uh, albeit against you know a Pittsburgh team that's that's struggling right now. But I think that did a lot for his confidence too. Like he's starting to feel it. He's getting some points on the power play. Uh, remember that? Remember a while ago he couldn't get a power play goal. Well, he's already got yeah. a few a few a few of those this year. So I think it's starting to come around. But yeah, there was a dip there for for a bit, but. You know this. I mean, this guy's uh, uh, such a such a talent that, and offensive guys go through those dips. But I would agree with you. I don't think it's his, it's been his best year, um, but I, I think it's on the uh, the up curve right now. Does he get a hundred points this year? We talk so no. much about statistical milestones and like is Matthews going to get seventy? Is Nylander a hundred point guy now? It is. 
it is honestly a cruel joke that he has finished at 97 and 99 in consecutive years, I think, here, Luke. Especially when being healthy scratched, right, for load, for load management. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> sure he doesn't think about it like, at all. He, he, he says it doesn't matter, whatever, but you, you, for sure. you got to yeah. know that nice, <laughs> that nice triple-digit number next to your stat line. Like, yeah, he wants to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Don Granado doesn't want to be uh, in front of fans calling for his job, but good news. Like there'll be no Sabres fans in the building tonight. There'll be nothing but Leafs oh. fans. Like that's like, good, good stuff. Yeah. Right? Everybody made the drive last night with you. I heard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Leaks, Luke's leading the convoy. Yeah. Not that kind. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm bringing my, I'm bringing my son to the game and oh, I yeah. got him, I got him a ticket for, and even though I'm paying American dollars for yeah. literally less than half price as it would have cost to bring him oh to God. a game in Toronto. Amazing. Good. And, 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 I, and I just, and I just decided to buy it yesterday. So yeah, you can get tickets here. Mm. Nine, four might've helped. I do wonder mm. if the price took a little, a little dip after that. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, I, I have a thought. Mm. Ben's uh, thinking I, I'm going to share it with, uh, with Brent after we let you go. But uh, Luke, uh, always a pleasure, buddy. Enjoy the game tonight. Okay. You guys too. Take right. care. See ya. Luke Fox, Sportsnet Leafs reporter. He was our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. So, yeah, this is my yeah, last show it. of the week. Yeah, no, do it. It's I know what the thought is week. already. Do it. Kids do in it. school today, but like, it's not cheap, but it's, yeah, right. Comparatively, it yeah. is cheap to go to this game. I, I haven't checked what tickets are going for. I mean, like, should I pull my kid, uh, uh, out of school when yeah. I get home and because we'd have no. to leave before school. No, over. honestly, and I love the teachers out there. Okay, I always like I was. No, they're kid. doing nothing. Like it, yeah, each, eight, every day this week at school is like it got oh, its own cra- theme day. Crazy yeah. hair. No, they dress w- like the Grinch. Listen, I follow his his uh, classroom's Instagram account. Yesterday they were watching God. a movie. They watched yes. Inside Out, which is a great movie. And like that's what this week is for. That's cool. It's like did. Government funded daycare. So like I don't he's in grade three. Like I, I, I don't have any qualms about taking him out of school. Like yeah, should that, I should yes. I make this sojourn? Yes. Oh, the other, I'm I'm supposed to pick my parents up at the airport tonight. <laughs> mm, tough. <laughs> Can they walk? I don't probably not. <laughs> okay. Now see, uh, I'm in the fields too because like my kid's too young. I could not justify taking him to an NHL yeah, game. It's I not mean, worth I, it. No, I the took hundreds him to, of dollars. Like I took him cost. to took him to OHL last year. He had a blast, but it's like my wife literally texted me a picture mere moments ago. My kid demanded to wear his leaf jersey mm. to daycare. And now I'm like That's oh. nice. Now I'm like, he needs to go. Now yeah. now I see now I'm I, I'm mad at you and Luke for bringing this up because now i'm gonna be the idiot who's go together uh no oh you have to work tomorrow so (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah no you're right i could never i could never handle the two-hour drive back from buffalo and going to bed at 11 30 i could never handle it all right and i don't know shows him with me tomorrow he could do it by himself worst case scenario (laughs) that's a joke to our bosses Kind of. I got to think this one through. Maybe. I got to think this one through. My poor parents. Who's going to pick them up at the airport? I don't know. Maybe I don't go, and maybe me and maybe me and Gordo go pick <laughs> yeah. up your parents for you. That, that would be the ultimate team player. I'm actually not offering that, though. I immediately rescind that. <laughs> the driving them back from the airport. All right. When we come back, uh, at Nanberg of MLB Network, as Major League Baseball have it all messed up when it comes to the offseason that yes. lasts forever. Yes. Uh, we'll talk to Adnan about that next. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. 
diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan Morning Show, Sports 9 of the Fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Major League Baseball's offseason, oh, it, it, it continues. Oh, forever, forever and ever and yeah. ever and ever and ever and One day ever they'll, and ever. they'll play games and it'll end in theory. Yeah, but it can continue into spring training. That's true. Um, I mean, we've seen this notably with a couple of Scott Morris clients. But yeah, Bryce Harper was right into February, I want to say. Uh, Manny Machado felt like that oh. lasted forever as well. I actually don't even, I know he's played games for the Padres. I don't believe he signed. It still feels like it's going on. It took so long. Yeah. So Matt Chapman is notably a Scott Boris client. Will Gotta, we see him play this thing out until January as well? Yeah. Um. One of those things feels not quite like the other well, but, also. But look at, You're the, right. look at the depth of field yeah. in uh, Major League Baseball's free agent market right now. Yeah. It is, you know, you can talk about Cody Bellinger being at the top and then right below him. Matt Chapman, who I guess is still linked to the Blue Get Jays. Excited, they, they, they got a need at third base. Let's talk to uh, our pal Adnan Verk of MLB Network and the Cinephile Podcast. How's it going, Adnan? Ben, Brent, great to chat with you guys. Always buzzing, especially when my Philadelphia Flyers are rolling right now. Nine-game point streak. And who loves a free ticket more than me? Hit up my man Ken Danico Tuesday night. Of course, the voice <laughs> of the Devils. <laughs> Can you help out me if my voice has no problem? So he gets two tickets. By the way, I don't think he knows I'm a Flyers fan. So I, I'm like, I told Shaz, my son, he's seven. Like, we, we have to wear our jackets the entire time. He's like, what? I'm like, Ken Danico is Mr. Devil. You don't understand who this guy is. But I'm like, if he finds out we're wearing Flyers. It's like Elaine with the O's hat all over again. Yeah. Oh, my. Thank you. Exactly right. Elaine Bennett's <laughs> reference. So Daniel goes all out, right? You get there. There's a guy who can meet. You got wristbands. Now it's free food. My son's like, this is all free. I'm like, yeah, buddy, go to nuts. Chicken tenders, twist ice cream with sprinkles. Yeah, unlimited sprinkles. Let's go. Pizza, Pepsi, come on. And as we're walking out, I didn't realize the seats are Devil's Alumni section. I go, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) We definitely can't take our jackets off. Like, no matter what, this can happen. And, you know, exciting Flyers win 3-2 overtime. Fantastic. Owen Tippett. We gave a little fist bump, and that was it. I go, that's it. Nobody can see us cheering. As I'm walking out. I kind of head nod to a guy. I don't think about it. Ten steps later, I go, that was Mark Tamberger. That's amazing. Do you know anybody in the Sabres organization? I'm thinking of taking my my kid to to, to Buffalo tonight. Yeah, yeah, it ends with, I don't know, uh, Rob Ray? No, I wish I did. That, that's my goal. It ends with every single sports organization take a free ticket. All right. I guess uh, maybe I have to pay for it myself. Dang it. Yeah. I'm, I don't have the Adnan Connects. All right, so uh, the, the Major League Baseball offseason, it has been eventful for the lack of moves that have happened with the Blue Jays, by which I mean nothing. They have not signed a free agent, have not uh, consummated a transaction. There's been some things to talk about. It's been depressing, though, since the Shohei thing has uh, has ended, and and now it's hard to see where the finish line is. And we've seen, man, like I just said, some Scott Boris clients take a long time to finally put pen to paper. Is this off-season format good for the game? Like, does it need an overhaul? It's a good question, Ben. I don't know if I'm quite an overhaul, but yes, I am frustrated by the lack of inactivity. You know, I worked last night, and MLB Network, as you guys know, is 24-7, so we have to do a show every day. It's our sports center. And we're sitting there. No, there's some news, something happening. And there's just literally nothing happening. There's, there's nobody of consequence. 
We talked about Yamamoto for the 17th time yesterday. Where is he going to go? What's going to happen? And I thought he was going to sign in, in December. Like, there's no crystal ball of these things, but the predictions had been Otani around winter meetings. He was a week later. Um, Yamamoto before January 1st, which I don't think is going to happen now. Maybe. Hopefully, the next couple of days he signs. And as you said, the Boris guys, they have no problem waiting it out. So Bellinger and Snell, I mean, that's, that's 2024. Like, Scott does not care. I'm like, I'll, I'll wait till spring training, quite frankly. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to get the money and the years that, that I'm going to hope that I can get for my clients, and I'll wait as long as I can. But I think generally, you know, as baseball fans, you appreciate the hot stove. You like the, the water cooler talk and the way moves have been made, and it's been awfully quiet. And so I do think it hurts the game in making it a 24-7, 365-day proposition. Because then what baseball fans can say is, hey, I'm locked in from, from March until October. November's awards month, fine. I'll pay attention to that. But after that, I, I don't have to do anything, right? Because you guys aren't going to sign anyway, so wake me up in January. So I, I don't think it's great for the sport if it's less clicks on MLB.com and less awareness and less chatter around certain teams. So I don't know about an overall necessarily because I don't know how you would enforce that. You can't force teams to sign guys. And, of course, players want to go where they want to go. But, you know, we're, we're talking about Michael Walker signing a multi-year deal with the Royals is the big news of the week, and I will be network. I, I wish we had a little, With respect to Michael Walker, who's a great guy, who, by the way, I said, you, have, you bear more than a passing resemblance to Paul Rudd. And he's the biggest Royals fan I know. I've interviewed Paul Rudd. He's Excellent really Wilson, too. all-time favorite player. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, Walker loved it. I said, Paul Rudd just adores Willie Wilson. Like, you don't understand. That, that's his guy, 85 Royals. And Walker's like, yeah, because, you know, I've heard it more than a few times. I go, really? Okay, well, so Paul, Paul Rudd doppelganger. Oh, I see Walker. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm yeah. looking at it as well. I, I certainly see it. Yeah, it is interesting when you mention the, like, it's just one of these things we bring our hands about, but there's no way. You could enforce it. Like I was sitting here trying to think, and it's, uh, do you increase a luxury tax penalty for a signing made after January? But then the players are going to sit there and go, uh, no, thank you. I would not like something that decreases my bargaining power. No, it's something you'd have to collectively bargain, it, which you're not going to do. Which you don't want to open that black box for any reason unless you absolutely have to. So, yeah, it is tough. It's almost, you know, we talked about it. It's just it's part of the culture of the sport. And, you know, that's not necessarily what we think of as part of it, but it certainly is. And I just think we kind of have to grit our teeth. The Yamamoto thing, just to go back there as well, that is the one that's frustrated me because, you know, I heard from Rosenthal earlier in the week. He had the, yeah, you know, I think everybody would like it done by Christmas, but if it's not done by today, why do we think it'll be done by Christmas? And it does seem like at least with him, there's been this other kind of secondary sexy free agent. I mean, nothing thing is Otani, but I do think that the kind of mystery of these Japanese free agents are, are that, that's one of the things that's exciting about it as well. So I, I think if we did have some clarity, even if we got it today, it's amazing how that little bit of news would be the kind of carrot to keep us moving along. And then we can wait for Chapman or, or whatever comes next. Like it is amazing how even just getting one piece of news today or tomorrow would, would do a lot to kind of spurn this thing along. No doubt, Brent. Like, you get one little piece, and, you know, ideally, they stagger it all out. You get Yamamoto this week, we get Bellinger for right. January, <laughs> now third week, Chad. Like, that, you know, that'd be nice for all of us who uh, make a living here, and I am working tonight, so mm. Yoshinobu wants to sign tonight, would love that. And my frustration with it stems from, ultimately, you know where you want to go. Like, I, I understand Boris's tactic, because I think Bellinger, the two favorites of the Cubs and the Jays, and, you know, going into the marketplace, I would have thought he's going to get seven for 175. And Harold Reynolds and I were debating, and he's, you know, seven's a lot, man. He goes, for three years, he stunk it up. Then Now he's back, but do you really trust for seven years? I'm like, listen, I'm just telling oh, you what, the, what it's going to be. I mean, yeah, I said, it, it's probably, it should be a five. It, he made 18.9, so it should be, that's a raise to 25. 
He said five for 125. That to me is a fair deal. I said, that's not going to happen. No. He's getting seven for 175. And if you hear some of the rumors over what Scott's asking for, this, <laughs> I heard 10 for 250. I said, oh my geez. God. I, I just can't do it. Like, if I'm in the Jays, I know I need a left-handed bat. I, I think he's in 330 homers, 100 RBIs, obviously, if he could do it. But I don't know if he's all the way back. What if that shoulder impacts him again? Like, that, that could be a real albatross of a contract. But that, it sounds like it's Cubs versus Jays in, in that battle because the Giants would love to get him, but nobody wants to sign with the Giants because if you're an offensive player, unless you're Barry Bonds, that's where your offense goes to die. But with regards to Yamamoto, I just don't understand the holdup. Like, with Otani, I got it. He wanted to go to the Dodgers all along. They smartly waited to kind of get some leverage a little bit. Jays were all in. Giants were all in. Eventually, the Dodgers were the team. All right, we're good. For Yamamoto, for God's sakes, Steve Cohen took a jet to go see He doesn't go to Japan. Like, he's got other things to worry about. He doesn't go to Japan unless he's really interested in you. So, he's clearly interested. The Dodgers moved heaven and earth with the Otani contract that they could afford Yamamoto at $300 million over eight years. And it wouldn't really impact them because of the fact Shohei's taking so much money that's deferred. So I'm I'm frustrated with the Yamamoto camp because I'm like, dude, you know where you're going to go? Like, it makes it, it, originally the number was 200. Now it's other 250. Now it could be 300. Like, whatever. Like he's going to get paid plus the posting fee because he's 25. Great fastball, great split, big game pitcher, etc. Like make your decision because Yankees, Dodgers, and Mets are all in. All the big teams are in. Once that happens, it'd be nice to get some clarity with regards to uh, how the pitching free agent market will look up. Because after that, then you might get a Jordan Montgomery signing, Snell, et cetera. There's, there's still lots of names out there. Yeah, there are, uh, especially on the pitching side. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, the, the Bellinger thing at north of $200 million, despite the fact that he's an MVP, uh, former MVP, that feels like a lifetime ago, a number of injuries ago that I uh, – it feels like that is not where you want to be spending your $200 million on Cody Bellinger after one bounce back year where the majority of the, the bounce back came on like little duck snorts as uh, uh sportsman producer, Chris Black rightly pointed out on, on, on Twitter that like the quality of contact was down, but still like the batting average was up. That seems like a bad way to, to, to uh, regroup your career. The blue Jays feel like they have to do something though, right? Like you, you have this fan base that's in, an absolute fever over the 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 Otani thing, and and that goes the way it did. And you got a team that won 89 games and made the playoffs, but only scored one run and and has not won a postseason game in this tenure. You're revamping this Rogers Center with yet another uh, section of seats that are going to be more expensive and 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 cooler. And and they're asking for a five year commitment. It just feels like the worst off season to be in a mode of having to do something big. And that's why, Adnan, I can't help but think that the way, the best way for this Blue Jays team to improve is through trade. Or do you see them yeah. splashing the cash around and overpaying for a Bellinger? No, you took the words out of my mouth, Ben. It's going to be a trade. You know, last night was the MLB Network holiday party, Hoboken, Sinatra's hometown. Of course, it didn't go because I was working. But we did a segment on the show, you know, bell the ball, you know, playing off the party theme. And one of the themes was, who's going to be left holding the bag? And we were discussing it could be the Blue Jays. Like, at the end of the day, when all the dance partners go, hey, what'd you get? You were in on Soto, but he went to your rival, the Yankees. You were in on Otani, didn't get him. You clearly need a left-handed power hitter who can help out that offense. Bellinger's there for the taking, but do you want to give that kind of money those kind of years? I would be skeptical. Chapman, you could resign, but again, he had like a 650 OPS from May 1st on. Like, you're going to give him $100 million? Like, I... I know the defense is great, man, but I wouldn't I would want to give $100 million to Matt Chapman over five years. So I think you're right. You have to start looking at trades and go, okay, let's just deal from a position of strength and 
the pitching was obviously outstanding this past year. Maybe you say the Alec Manoa's thing. He, we can get a return for him, although that's going to be tough because <laughs> you want to buy low, sell high. Other teams are going to go, hey, listen, he's not the same guy he once was. We're not going to give you what we would have given you for Alec Manoa a year ago. So that becomes a challenge. But I, I think there's certainly assets that they could trade to, to try to beef up their offense clearly because, yeah, if you look at the offseason overall and you tell me a month from now the Jays haven't done anything mm. and the Yankees got Soto, I mean, that's, that's a tough argument to swallow for a team that already underachieved 89 wins. Like, you already weren't good enough, and all of a sudden you really didn't beef up where everyone knows they're aching for left-handed bat for some power, which obviously Soto and Otani would have been perfect to get. Christian Yelich has it. So, like, that's that's been the guy that I think most people are, are pinning their hopes on uh, trade-wise, but, like, not dissimilarly to Cody Bellinger. Like, he has bounced back uh, with one season, right? Like, he's he's had the... Yeah. And he, at the end of last season, the back injuries were were rearing the, their ugly head as well. And he's under contract for a million years at a quadrillion dollars as well. I mean, how do you like Christian Yelich as a trade candidate? And if you're you're dipping your toe in the Brewers' waters, like you maybe throw in uh, Willie Adamas in there as well, who yeah, he had a bit of a, a step backwards offensively, but hits for big power, um, takes a walk, uh, plays elite-level shortstop, which obviously you're, you're not in the market for a shortstop. But if you can play shortstop, you can play third base. Yeah, Brewers are fascinating because Woodruff is not going to be pitching this season. And Burns, the whole rumor was they were going to trade him. So you say, well, if you're giving up two of your big three, clearly the Brewers are in rebuild mode after winning the division. Peralta's still there. But if they feel like, you know what, Burns is going to be too expensive in the open market, Brewers being a small market team, they can't afford him after this year. And it was contentious a year ago. I remember their, their negotiations between Burns and the team. But then right. – the word came in about a month ago. They're like, well, they're not trading. I'm like, oh, so the Brewers are still in this year, even though they won't have Woodruff this year. So it's tricky. If, if they, I think, make the decision that they're not going to be able to sign Corbin Burns long-term and they don't want to let him walk for free, then that opens things up because he goes somewhere. Obviously, the Jays aren't looking for him. But then they can start looking at some of their position players. And if not quite fire sale, hey, let, let, let's retool a little bit, trade up a couple of veteran assets and see what we can do. Yelich is fascinating because you're right. Like Bellinger, he was lost for a couple of years. I'm like, oh, my God. And that was that was before his big contract kicked in. I'm like, my goodness, like he's completely lost it after looking so good. The Marlins were batting champion, et cetera. But the last year was definitely a nice bounce back season. I think he had around 800 OPS. As you said, back flared up later in the year. But he looked like a guy who wasn't all the way back could still be a really good player. Like you said, Bellinger got MVP votes, whereas Yelich could at least be a productive, well above average player, 125 OPS plus kind of thing. So, yeah, I think he would certainly be attractive for Toronto. And as you said, defensively, run the bases, all those kinds of things. And Adamas can pick it, certainly. That's always important when you look at run prevention. Just because the Jays excelled in that area doesn't mean you want more of that, especially if you lose Chapman, who's such an elite defender. So, yeah, I think those are definitely a couple of names that the Jays have kicked the tires on. And, and who knows? You know, our buddy John Morosi was talking previously about Bo Bichette being available. I still don't think that's a good idea. But if they really want to shake things up, if they traded Bo, that would, uh, that would net quite a return, if indeed that rumor is true about him going to the Cubs, potentially. Yeah, I mean, the Bichette-Vladdy conversations are a completely different animal than trading anybody else on this roster. I think the other thing, and not that I think this team wants to go this way, but if you are looking at it of trading from a position of strength, the biggest strength on this team is starting pitching, but that's also the one thing that you can kind of get in spades in this in this free agent market still, right? Like, I mean, we mentioned it. There is Yamamoto, Yamamoto who's kind of holding up the market for all those other guys. So I think that's the other frustrating part of trying to see the 
avenues for the Blue Jays getting creative and improving is that let's say they wanted to get a little nuts and trade Barrios or it's Bassett or even, you know, a guy like Kikuchi who you're saying, all right, let's sell high after he had the good year there. And now we can't use him for our Shohei pitch anyways. So who cares if you're saying let's move on a guy like that? I imagine teams that would be potentially interested in trading for any of those guys, they're going to hold their powder until the free agent market kind of settles itself out. So again, we're back to that thing kind of gumming up the works in, in terms of trades across baseball. And I, I know that's kind of specific to the Blue Jays, but I imagine there are some other teams in that position as well. Yeah, and I think specific to the Jays, this is a really important point as well, Brent. I think if you're a fan, you're looking at it going, well, if they're willing to pay Otani, we don't know the number, but let's suppose it was at least $600 million, right? We can assume that. So you say, well, if the Jays were at least willing to give them $600 million, that means there's still lots of money to spend. But it doesn't work that way. It doesn't mean that now you can give Bellinger 250 and Jordan Montgomery 150 and just, oh, well, we, we still have $600 million to play with. It doesn't work yeah, that not way. Quite. What happens is you say, hey, if, if we can get this generational player, a guy who's going to go down as one of the greatest players in baseball history, can we approve this massive budget? And let's look at the way we can make this work because financially somehow – with the signage we can put at the Rogers Center and the rights that we can sell to Jays games in Japan, we can somehow make this palatable, this $60 million contract, whatever they were offering. Once that goes away, you don't go, well, I still got this money to spend. No, you, you take the other tack, actually, and you say, well, let's not get stupid. Let's not just spend this money like drunken sailors and have an overreaction and an overpay. So that's my fear with the Jays. It's, it's, I think, by the way, that's very prudent. But I also don't want to look at a team that won 89 games and didn't make any major moves to upgrade its offensive roster. Like if that happens, I, I, again, I can't emphasize enough, that's a mistake because the Rays will, will be completely underachieved and will 95 games. Underestimate, I should say. No one's going to say, oh, Tampa. No, they're going to win 95 games. The Orioles are going to win 95 games. The Yankees got Soto. They're winning 90 games. So the Red Sox will be the also ran. They look very quiet this offseason. They're pitching. They have like two pitchers. It's Brian Bayo and Chris Sale. Kluber's mm-hmm. done now. I mean, it, 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 they've got questions there. Garrett Whitlock's better in their bullpen. So I don't worry about Boston. But the Jays have to look around. And you do have to feel some sort of impetus and say, all right, other teams are getting better. We do need to do something. Baltimore, by virtue of the fact their young position players played so well, they're going to get better. Like Jackson Holiday's coming, man. This guy's a stud. Mm-hmm. And Tampa's going to be healthier. You would assume it's losing three or four pitchers at Tommy John. So it, it's very tricky. You have to guard against a massive overpay, but you also have to improve your roster. And if you don't do anything, you're left holding the bag, and that would be the worst possible situation for Toronto. All right, uh, Maestro, out on Netflix yesterday. I'm going to watch it this week. And I've done a pretty good job of, of watching all the biggest movies of the year. Killers of the Flower Moon is still one that I haven't, uh, haven't watched yet. I, everybody's going to do their end-of-year uh, best movies of the year list. I'm not asking for your top five. Like just, And this is not like your best picture winner prediction. What was your favorite yeah. movie of the year? So it was Killers of the Flower Moon. I, I thought it was such an absorbing epic from Scorsese. It's remarkable because even you know the guy's in his 80s, um, he's still capable of, of telling a story like that about the Osage, which had not been told before in the 1920s, their destruction and, and the way that they were completely manipulated and really deceived by these people who were so manipulative. And, you know, with De Niro, as I said in my review on the latest cinephile, I said he can mail it in with Maniscalco on About My Father, but he can still dial it up to Diabolical. And he's brilliant in the movie. He's got a Best Supporting Actor, Golden Globe nomination. He'll get an Oscar nod. Leo is incredible, playing his very moronic nephew who does an amazing job of both loving his wife and also loving money 
And Lily Gladstone, when you watch the film, then you'll say, oh, she's the revelation. Like, I know how great Leo and Bob are and Marty, but you're going to watch that film and go, oh, my God, she's so expressive. She says so much uh, without saying so little. And uh, as she sees the destruction of her community. So it's a very painful film. But it's also riveting and, and completely absorbing. I read the book, and I thought it was an excellent adaptation. So I love that. I love, you know, how much I love Giamatti. The Holdovers is number two for mm-hmm. me, a reunion with him and Alexander Payne, their first film together since Sideways. Great movie, by the way, over the holidays. It, it's really very fitting for this team and personal journeys that he undergoes as this teacher who's a real taskmaster at this boarding school. You know, very misanthropic, curmudgeon, but uh, very funny. It enjoys being cruel to the students, but ends up going on his own journey of discovery. And Divine Joy Randolph's going to win Best Supporting Actress. She's great in the movie. Uh, Oppenheimer's been number three, which, of course, you've seen and we've discussed. Yep. Uh, but number four was um, American Fiction with Jeffrey Wright, which is coming out. Hilarious. It's about a black writer who writes a novel, and he can't get it published. And then John Ortiz, who's my guest this week on Cinephile. You may not know the name, but you know his face if you Google it. He was great in Carlito's Way. And he told me an unbelievable Pacino story in the podcast. But he tells me, you've got to write a novel that's a little more blacker. Like to use, you know, he goes, you got to, and he goes, why? He goes, why? I don't want to write a novel that's rooted in black stereotypes. Like, I'm not going to write a book about a mom who's a crack addict who, you know, is on drugs and all the rest of it. Sure enough, he writes that book out of spite and he gets a seven figure deal. And he's like, now what do I do? <laughs> He's like, I've done it. It's very funny. Uh, Sterling K. Brown is excellent playing his brother. And lastly, Poor Things, mm. Yorgos Lanthimos' film, which is just about as bonkers as it gets. I can't wait to see that. Oh, dude, I, I'm telling you right now, Ben, uh, of all those films I just listed, you specifically, you're going to love Poor Things. <laughs> I don't it know is, what that says about is, me. No, no it's, it's Frankenstein meets feminism, and it's so weird in such a wonderful way. You know, when you see as many movies as I do, you, you get used to recycled stuff. There's nothing recycled here. This is such a wild, the original movie. Ruffalo is scene stealing. Emma Stone's incredible. Willem Dafoe is so good. So hopefully people the, you know, over, the, over the holidays get a chance to see some of these movies. But Maestro specifically, real quick, love Bradley Cooper, of course, fellow Eagles fan. A bit of a vanity project. You know, he Ooh. wrote it, he directed it, he produced it. Like he's a little bit in love with himself at times. To me, the revelation is Carrie Mulligan. Like She's just a flat-out great actress. She plays his wife in the movie. It's the story of Leonard Bernstein, the composer. My criticism of the movie is that they don't show enough about his actual work. Like I don't know anything about Leonard Bernstein, except that he was a composer. And I came out of the film and still don't know anything about his work. Like it, He just focuses on the marriage to Mulligan, which is very ripe material. And again, she's excellent and her pathos and her relationship to him. But I, I, when I'm watching the story of a great artist, I'd like to know what makes that great artist so special. So that was my issue with it, but it, it's getting lots of Oscar buzz. And you should watch it because it's, it's definitely a film made with a lot of crap. You could tell it came from Bradley Cooper's heart. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, you would have been kicked out of the Scorsese Hive if you didn't have Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, number one. So, like, obviously. <laughs> I, that's I didn't even need to tell you my number one. I should no. just told you everything else. You already knew the number one. Obviously. Yeah. All right. Uh, Adnan, great to chat. Uh, happy holidays. Thanks for this, buddy. Thanks, Adnan. Thanks so much, boys. Happy holidays. I'm driving back to Maple this weekend. Let's hope I can find someone to get me Jazz Raptors tickets <laughs> on a Saturday night. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'm sure Messiah's get, listening. Getting easier yeah, by the day. Uh, Got to right. say, Adnan. <laughs> See you, buddy. <laughs> Take care, boys. Thank all you. Right. Happy holidays. All right, you too. Uh, we have an exciting announcement for the WWE Universe. The WWE making their return to Toronto Friday, December 29th at Coca-Cola uh, Coliseum as part of the annual live holiday tour. We're giving away tickets this week to enter all you have to do is tune into the fan morning show listen for the code word then you text it to 590-590 today's code word is ripley text ripley to 590-590 to enter for your chance to win a pair of tickets to this event we will be giving away one more pair of tickets tomorrow but if you don't win with us you can go to ticketmaster.ca to secure your tickets
I will not be here tomorrow for the final mm-hmm. giveaway of the WWE tickets. You uh, you hate our listeners. It's Couldn't bother to gut it out. At all true. Man, it's I the love only radio. takeaway I can have from it. I love radio so much. I'm going to stick around and do another hour of it mm. with, with J.D. Bunkus as, as gonna, like my vacation it won't start uh, on time. I'm going to go wait in a mail room uh, for somebody to answer a question. That's oh. what I'm doing after oh. this. So that'll be fun. All right. Fun times. All right. Are uh, you going to Buffalo tonight? I, yay or nay? I mean, my dad texted me from uh, the Dominican that, yeah, I don't have to pick him up from the airport. So we'll see. There right. it goes. All right. Uh, you'll be back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. This has been the Fan Morning Show. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590 Fan. Good, Good morning. morning.